what's up, Jack? That, that was not Jack. That was the bot. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're talking. Okay. Yes. Hmm? You're waiting for aren't you? Mm. Fuck that. Bro. No, shy. Your conversation is being important, Colin. He goes, he goes, he goes, fucking going to bed, get some bitches. But first of all, he said 9.30. He said up 9.30. So. How about we just do the podcast since we're obviously not waiting for Jack? He's in the server right now. He just doing Okay, dumb fucks. Are you in your car? Where are you? Okay, dumb fucks. I'm literally standing outside the fucking VST. <laughs> I might I might drop off for a minute. Dude, call I might drop remote. off for a minute, but a guy gotta do what a guy gotta do, alright? It's a, it's a remote, remote correspondent. Okay, we, gotta, we gotta correspond on this. Maximum simp behavior. You're waiting 30 minutes for the girl to come out. For what? Hey, you nah. gonna go home and get oh, on the podcast. Yes. Hey. You're waiting 30, 30 minutes, minutes for five. Cree, I am not waiting 30 minutes and I'm here now. Sure. I just might drop off for a moment. Uh, Keep this I can do both. I'm a, I'm a fucking god and I can do both. We got boots on the ground. I'm going to ask Macklin to slap this shit out you. Hey, I'm a fucking god and I can do both, okay? Let's go. Got it, same thing. All right. I'm ready now. to fucking argue now. Let's fucking go. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Welcome nope. to the Midnight Club. This is an impromptu story. It's midnight somewhere in the world. And last week, I was... Speaking with, with Jack about, uh, he was discussing the fact that the MLB is not happening this year, which is a little odd because America's That's pastime is not, not exactly accurate. Pastime is war, and we can't just go without one. War and baseball, they go hand in hand. The baseball players did not have to participate in the draft. This, I mean, listen, you can't just not have baseball, okay? So, <laughs> okay, so, so, so at the moment, baseball still could very much happen this year. Um, however, games are starting to get canceled. They, um, the first Manfred, so Rob Manfred, commissioner of MLB and certified asshole, uh, just said that the the MLB owners have not reached an agreement with the players, and they are canceling games into the first week of baseball. Now, wait, why are they not? I mean, why are they not having agreement? So the MLBPA has not reached. Uh, basically, the MLBPA has not reached an agreement with Manfred, um, and the, Manfred. the Manfred's the commissioner of baseball. He's okay, he, but um, he, he is the dude. Um, I like in the stick it to the man sense. He is the man. Um, I yeah, and what the players are asking for is they're asking for the C, uh, in the CBA, and here's one of their main topics is they're for the free agency process and baseball is broken. And I know Jonah knows more about this than I do. But Jonah, what are the, what are the current rules on like when a player can test out the free market and how can they be abused? So the main stipulation and pretty much the only way or the most prominent way for a player to get access to the free agency market would be when they accrue six years of service time. And service time has been a huge debate um, in the baseball world, especially over the past couple years, um, when teams have because it can because it can be easily manipulated, and it's come up multiple times. Uh, most 
famously with Chris Bryant um, with the Chicago Cubs and the Astros also manipulated George Springer's service time a little bit more. And basically what it is, is service time um, to accrue one full year of service time. A player needs to be on the active roster or on the injured list for, I believe it is 175 days. And there's a total of, let's say, 187 or something like that days in the major league calendar so those diff that difference of about 12 or so days if the if a team leaves a player a high prospect is most likely what they do it to if they leave that player in the in triple a or let's say the first 15 games of the season they prevent that player from accruing a full year of service time for essentially a full year of playing at of major league baseball and so by doing that they can delay the a top player hitting for agency by an entire year. And so that has been a big issue um, that's kind of held up these negotiations. And as of recently, I believe it's been such a big issue that um, the MLBPA has kind of slowed down their fight on that and directed um, most of their attention to other issues, but they're still not seeing eye to eye with the owners and Rob Manfred as well. So what are those other issues? Sure. So before we move on, um, so you're so, saying like they're they're taking, you said like 15 games. They they don't let one of their players play, or they're is that no, what's happening? No, so so the player will the player will play in the minor league system. the The club will say that right. it's to to improve their their like to improve their hitting. If a player's right. in the so let's just say you have a very high caliber player, third year in the league. So like. Um, Jordan, if Jordan Alvarez, it's like, it's what, third, third year in the league, fourth year in the league, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's still in his service time period, correct? Yes. So let's say that he, let's say that very, it would be very unlike Jordan, but let's say he gets into a slump, right? Or, or let's say he gets injured and the Astros want to, before he, after he's off the injured list, the Astros want to work him in a couple games at the, uh, double A, triple A level so that he can see some, uh, some pitching that isn't uh, MLB caliber, so that he can get his swing back, so he can get back. If he plays, um, what is thirteen or more days on that Double A AA or Triple A team, which is still part of the Astros organization, he does not collect that year of service time for this year, and he does not get this twenty twenty two season, if we even have a twenty twenty two season, as a year of service time. Right, and what I like. But he still makes money. You're trying to find service time real quick. So I'm still confused. Service, service time, time is essentially the way of how MLB calculates how long a player has played in the major leagues. Essentially, like it, it you and see, you might a look up a player has to hold his rookie contract until he can test the market, Wait, until right. he can become yeah. a free agent. So he is essentially working for less than what he is worth until he can test the free agency market. What was you don't, that? I see. Yeah. Wait. What were you saying, Colin? If you don't like lose your your contract, um, one wait wait hold up hold up hold up. Does your contract not have like a certain amount of time, like like less than like six years or like? Well, your, your contract it's... is measured in service time for most rookies, and that's why this right. becomes an issue. Is because so you can have a four year contract go on for nine years, and you can have a guy who's a top-level guy, work for less than what he's worth and not be able to test out the open market, like in the case of Chris Bryant, who had a pretty short rookie contract with the Cubs. Was it like three, four, maybe five years? Yeah. Who ended up on the Cubs without being able to test out the free market for a decade. 
because so of this service what, time stuff. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what they're doing is like they're getting these players to make them money for less than they're worth and extending their contract at the same time exactly. so they get more yeah. use. Yes. Yes. Okay. I see. And all these players have gone on strike. Say that again. So the MLB players have gone on strike? No, that the MLB players may have gone on strike if the owners didn't institute a lockout first. And so the CBA, the old CBA, which lasts for, CBA's last five years in the MLB. So the past one expired December 1st, 2021. And on that day, the owners voted to lock out um, the players for more negotiation leverage. And so this all, this all is all about leverage. And that's why there was recently this past um, February 28th deadline moved to a March 1st deadline. It's all about leverage. And so in the off season, a lot of the leverage is in the owner's hands as because the, the season's going to be looming and then they can threaten cancellations of games or even a season. And that's going to definitely hurt a lot of the it, players' pockets. But it, during the season... aren't just yeah. idle and that's what pertains to the fans like Jonah and I the most is that games have already been canceled for the first right. month of the season. And so, but the players could have gone on strike if it was, if they decided to, if they knew that they were going to be locked out, because then they'd have a bunch of the leverage in season. So it's all about timing and it's all about leverage. And that's why we're currently in a lockout right now, which is technically not a strike. So they're, they're different. Okay. And what is, uh, what, what are people doing right now to fix this problem? Uh, well, well this, not a lot. So that's the MLBPA is currently negotiating with the owners and the commissioner of baseball. Um, to make a CBA or a collective bargaining agreement. Um, and what a CBA does is it, it's a contract between the players and uh, the owners. And it's basically that, that basically a union, it is a union contract that um, the owners and the commissioner and the players will work under for however long the CBA is. Yeah, it'd be five years. And, uh, and they have not renewed the CBA. And until they, re until they re renew the CBA, the strike continues. So the players are currently uh, negotiating with the owners to try to renew that CBA. Hey, Jonah, can you solo? Hey, Jonah, yeah, yeah, can yeah, you yeah, solo yeah, yeah. for like three minutes? Mm -hmm. I got to drop off. So, Bye. Jonah, could you define what a CBA is? So yeah, so CBA is a collective bargaining agreement, and they're pretty much in place in all major league sports, um, but particularly in MLB. Um, you know, it's going to be between the union, and in this case, the MLBPA, or the Major League Baseball Player Association, and the mm -hmm. CBA is negotiated by them, as well as the owner. So they're going to come together, and they have to agree on key issues relating to financials, and that's where a lot of the discussion and kind of delay is with that financial side. But they also, the CBA also includes... Um, details about pace of play, um, team structure, and all those different kinds of things. And that's why in this, in the current um, discussions, and one of the issues in the MLB's latest proposal was the plan to expand the playoffs to 14 teams. And MLB countered, or the MLBPA rather, countered with 12 teams, um, which would be a little bit of a compromise because they probably the really want 10. And so, yeah, the, the current... Yeah, as of now, 10 out of the 30 teams in the MLB make the playoffs. And to contrast that, 14 of 32 teams in the NFL make the playoffs, and 16 out of 30 teams in the NBA make the playoffs. So the MLB definitely has the least amount of teams making the playoffs. And 
it's not even the most it is the most uh the longest season but it's definitely not the most physically taxing even in spite of that long long season um so there is an element of like prestige or like difficulty to make the playoffs if you keep it at 10 but there is heavy financial incentive for the owners yeah incentives for the owners to expand it to 14 teams um but the players fear is that if you expand it to 14 teams then owners aren't going to want to spend as much money to make their teams as good as possible because they know they can sneak into those last two spots instead of trying to compete for 10 or 12 spots. And once you get into the playoffs, anything, anything can happen. So once again, it's not as much incentive for the owners to be a top 10 team when they can sneak in and be a top 14 team. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm not a sports guy, so I understood a part of what you just said, most of it. But so, why is this such a big deal right now? I mean, like obviously, it'll affect the season for the fans, like you. And like, do you think? What do you think this means for the MLB going forward? Well, it's such a big deal because a it's relatively unprecedented. Um, the last strike lockout combination was in 1994, which actually caused the World Series to be canceled. And the last that was a strike, that was a player strike. And the last lockout was in 1990. So we've gone about 30 years since one of these work stoppages in the MLB landscape. And it's also a big deal because it's setting up the future. As I said earlier, these CBAs last five years. So if the if the owners um, manipulation and their leverage works into forcing the MLBPA into a deal that they don't necessarily want to agree to, but are forced to um, so that the season can actually be played. Then in five years, when this CBA expires in 2027, we might be facing this whole cycle again with another lockout. And we, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big, you know, I, I'm not a big baseball guy, but I am very into like UFC and I know a lot about the struggle that is going on right now with fighters pay and the fact that the UFC, which is, facing a lot of criticism over fighters pay has it's resulted in a lot of other rival organizations kind of coming up and trying to rival that with like eagle fc which was run by khabib who is a previous champion oh is hasbulla and eagle fc i i wouldn't know that i i doubt (laughs) it to be honest but um yeah, do you see something like that happening for the MLB or some no, other I, I like MLB no, is so established. Um, it's even when they have their own full minor league system, each team, each MLB club has about six affiliates under their name where they develop players. So it's so established, and they've even partnered with other leagues like the Atlantic League. So it's not really much of a chance for you know other leagues to try and take fill the vacuum if this you know lockout prohibits the 2022 season so that makes it like even more incentive for the players to like have to strike this and get what they need for like the player rights because there's nowhere else for them to go really the players need to show as much solidarity as they can which they have been and not uh, succumb to some of the tactics of the owners Um, but they also do know that there's there's it's they're kind of on the clock and missing the season would be a great detriment to them okay but there's also the issue of just how much capital the mlb has and the players are better off um see because if the players defect there they probably will not make it back to the mlb because of just like bad relations with owners and getting blackballed right politics stuff like that and baseball it's there's a lot of old-timey politics within the world of baseball 
Um, and like with the unwritten rules of baseball and stuff. Which are? Um, so the unwritten rules of baseball, basically baseball has a gentleman's code and you don't break the unwritten rules of baseball. One of the unwritten rules of baseball with owners and, uh, management and stuff is that if you defect, you don't, you don't get to come back. That's uh, like, if you go play in an indie, like in, in, like indie ball this year, um, you don't get to come back and you're not going to be making the millions of dollars that MLB owners can pay you. So are you better off taking a one year cut to make one year with no pay and then one year's with a million dollars or two years of a hundred thousand dollars? One million is greater than two hundred thousand. That's pretty simple math. Yeah, I think we can agree with that. Yes. Um, um, so that's another reason why players aren't defecting. But Chris, when you bring up the UFC, you bring up another big point of this, which is um, healthcare and healthcare after um, healthcare after you're done working, because a lot of MLB players don't can't really don't really have the skills to just take up another job at the age of forty or thirty five because they have dedicated their entire lives to baseball, so they can't get like reliable fixed income or a healthcare plan through work. And so one of the issues with uh, the current lockout is, and this happens with CBAs and a lot of other sports is healthcare. Um, and especially healthcare after, after playing in the, in the league. Oh yeah. And also since like my understanding is that in, in the MLB players end up staying a lot longer in like other sports like basketball where the the you know the time where a play, player is viable and like kind of expires much faster in than in the MLB if I'm right there so player like uh, th- these uh, teams could end up holding their players for much longer am i right with that because of how the MLB is Hello? Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, you cut out for a second there. Oh, did I cut out? Okay. Well, what I was trying to say was that um, because players in the MLB tend to have like a longer, um, I don't know, shelf life than in other major pro sports, they could be like kind of kept in this like limbo where they're not actually being paid what they're worth for much longer and like owners can be more inclined to hold them for a much longer time than in like basketball or something where they might get like out of the league in a couple of years or well you know like so i don't necessarily think that's true i think that the the superstars that you see will definitely have a longer shelf life um so to speak because baseball has less potential for for injury in in the course of each game, but when you think of a basketball a basketball team has what they got fifteen guys on their roster, they got probably another fifteen guys on a G League team. Um, that that's throwing another five players that I'm missing. That's thirty five guys in an organization. The MLB active roster has. Let's see, the active roster in season is 25, plus last year they went to a taxi squad of six, that's 31, plus probably five or six other, like, minor league teams, 
So we're getting up to 200 players in each organization. A lot of those guys enter the minors for two, three years, don't get paid a whole bunch for a minor league contract, and then leave. So if we're talking about the shelf life in the MLB, yeah, if we're talking about shelf life in the, in the like in total, in each major league team's affiliate, not really. And that, that's another one of the issues is minor league contracts. Okay, I see. Okay, Chris. Yes. Low key, I'm still so confused. I mean, I get the fact that here's the thing. Here's what I understand, right? Is is they've been locked out there, or or the baseball players have been are not allowed to practice right now. Correct. With team facilities, yeah. I mean, of course they can practice on their own. They can practice on their own. Like, their free free will isn't gone, but yeah, they can't access team facilities, they can't use team doctors, that type of stuff. Say that again? What are some of the Astros saying about this? Uh, Like, players? Yes. Uh, It's pretty much the same sentiment of other players. Like, they, they... are pretty disgusted with some of the negotiating tactics from the owners. Um, both sides haven't been exactly negotiating in the best of faith. Definitely the players much more so. Um, like, for instance, the owners, of course, they didn't have to institute a lockout. It was very likely, and of course they did on the very first day they could have. Um, and they took, like, I believe it was seven or so weeks to actually send a proposal. So there's obviously no sense of urgency on their side. Um, and the, the players obviously don't like that display of kind of lack of care pretty much for the sport. Um, and the urgency to get back, um, you know, to institute a new CBA and get the get the season on as normal. Um, Lance McCullers Jr. recently took um, to social media and pretty much put the owners on blast. And it kind it kind of gets to an uh, interesting point of when they have to be in the same building again. And you know, Lance McCullers Jr. has to look down or look up. To, you know, to Jim Crane. You know, is an owner's suite and be like, okay, I, I didn't mean these things about you, Jim Crane. I'm talking about all the other 29 owners. Um, but yeah, pretty much widespread across the MLB, the players um, are not happy with the owners right now, and the Astros and, players are no exception. Yeah. What do you and say it's, the... for, it's forcing some tough decisions, um, especially for baseball families, because um, a lot of players have, like some players, especially a lot of the the marquee names at this point, um, are, are second generation talents, um, and some of their their parents are like coaches. And so it forces a tough decision. Do I, like, for instance, uh, Dante Bichette played in the 80s. He, his kid, Bo Bichette, is now one of the stars on the Toronto Blue Jays. Dante Bichette is, or was, a hitting coach for the Toronto Blue Jays and had to quit his job so he could work with his son. I'd quit my job to work with my son. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, yeah, um, but that, that's a tough position to be put in. True like no, no one likes the owners for this. I, I know the yeah. specifics of the contract ex- negotiations are confusing. The the service time stuff is like is not straightforward. Pretty much by design. The important part here is that the owners are using some pretty dirty tactics, and no one likes them for it. Yeah. Or is this like um, activity universal across all the different uh, franchises in the MLB? 
Yeah, every, every all thirty teams. If you're saying if they're all affected the same by the lockout, they are. There's no exceptions to which teams you know might have players able to work in the facilities or whatnot. All thirty teams Absolutely. are affected by this lockout right now. Yeah. Also, I mean, like, is it like are all of the owners doing this? Like, is this yes. like? Yes, it is a collect. Yes. Okay, so this is like this wasn't just a couple standouts where they treated the players really poorly. It's kind of. Like the norm in the league. Oh, like with the service time and stuff like that? Or with the yeah. lockout or both? With the service time, yes. Yeah, no, this was pretty widespread. Okay. So is there a chance that they pull something like what you saw tonight? <laughs> and they just like take all the players and they like... like and get um, picket or whatever. Not picket, but... Uh, get players to cross the picket lines players, or get yeah. replacement players. That's, that's certainly a possibility. Now, uh, at, the current, at the current moment, the players aren't on strike. The owners have locked them out. So even if they brought in replacement players, no one's allowed to use facilities. No one's allowed to use team doctors, etc. So that wouldn't work under the owner's current negotiating tactics. But if, if the owners open facilities and players strike because of working conditions or because the CBA has not been reached, then, then we could very likely see replacement players or owners using some dirty tactics to get players across picket lines. Now, what did the continue? Sorry. Oh, and also, what I would interject with it also, if let's say they go to this drastic measure of trying to find replacement players, technically, this lockout is only exclusive to players on a forty-man roster, which is a new term. But essentially, the forty-man roster is a group of players. You have your 26 guys on the main roster, but then you also want to, you know, protect maybe some high prospects who could be eligible for a rule five draft, which I'll just say is um, a draft where already established players who have been kind of kept in the minors from one team could try and find an opportunity on another team. Um, but so these teams have these 40 man rosters of players within their own organization. Um, and so those are, those are actually the guys that are locked out. And so minor league players technically aren't locked out. So if we get to this replacement if player issue, it could bring up a very interesting situation where these teams are trying to force their minor league guys who aren't locked out or aren't <coughs> on this 40 man roster. Um, but you know, they might not want to, to accept this offer if, if it's if they can you know accept the offer because then they will be going against you know the other guys on their own franchise so it's a very interesting situation if they get to that what did the um what did the players do that prompted the lockout like what was there something specific that the players did that like angered the owners that prompted this so lockout? It, it, it wasn't anything the players did specifically it's just the cba was up so that collective bargaining agreement that they're trying to reach at the moment had expired. The previous one had expired. And the owner, the players were pretty clear that they were not going to bend to the owner's terms. And the owners have been pretty clear that they are not going to bend to the player's terms. And so the owners took, took the initiative and tried to get some leverage and so an upper hand and lock the players out. And one of the main upper hands they have is um facilities and treatment i mean the mlb has some of like the best baseball facilities and the best baseball doctors in the world and the best sport like the some of the best sports medicine guys in the world and um they can't get like they can't get treated right now like even players with injuries from last year can't get treated right now um by those doctors like for example charlie charlie morton's probably still rehabbing that injury from the world series right jonah yeah, he can't get talk. He can't get treatment from the Atlanta Braves team doctor, 
He's got to deal with uh, what torn ACL, broken whatever. He's got he's got to deal with that bum leg on his own now, I guess, uh, because he's been locked out. So that's that's the leverage that the owners are trying to create by locking the players out. It wasn't something the players did specifically. There was just a general consensus that neither party was going to bend here, and so the owners, uh, the owners tried to strike first and get some leverage with the lockout. Yeah, and there was also there was an opportunity like in years past. You know, as I said, these CBAs last every five years, and so you might say like, oh, you look at 20, 2017, There wasn't, of course, a lockout there, and so there. Um, as since nineteen ninety four, um, they've actually reached agreements before the CBAs have expired. But if you can imagine now how still far apart some of the some of the MLBPA and the MLB are on some of these issues, you can definitely imagine how far apart they were before that deadline. So there was no chance that they were going to get a deal done then. And that's why the owners push it to a lockout. So the reason why there's all of this happening right now is because the previous CBA is expiring. And then when they're going to create this oh, new one, expired. they're trying to, yeah, it's expired. And now that they're making a new one or renewing this agreement, they've got to discuss new terms because the players are not happy and they have new demands. Right. That's where yeah. they're at right now. They're trying to establish the terms for a new one. But before they do that, or until they do that, rather, they... Baseball is pretty much paused. No teams can sign free agents. That's when that's a big issue right now. Free agents are still looking to where they can play, but they can't sign. <laughs> teams can't make trades. Pretty much the whole MLB landscape is on pause until a new CBA gets installed. Isn't the uh, aren't, aren't the owners losing money at this time by like locking out? Not the, right now. I mean, oh, they're, 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 money. they're made like, of money. They're swimming in the Scrooge McDuck pool of gold coins right now. They don't care. And it's also very interesting on how I th think this was a point made on like MLB Network the other day and how, you know, even more leverage, the, the, these owners are using canceling games for even more leverage. Um, but like I was saying on MLB Network, I think it was, they're making the talking point on how, or maybe not MLB Network, but anyway, um, threatening to cancel and actually canceling some of these early season games in April or even maybe early May isn't as much of a detriment to owners as it is to players, especially when these April and May games are the lowest in attendance, because I mean, you're not in the summer yet, right? And so you're still in April and May and the TV deals are still kicking in because there's not all 81 home games that are all 162 games that have to be met for those TV deal contracts. So they can afford to lose some of these games to full to, to fulfill um, their very lucrative TV contracts and players are going to be missing out on these game checks. And that, that affects a lot of players in different ways. And the real money for the owners isn't in the, the ticket sales and it's not yeah. in the, it's not in the food. It's not in the concessions. Um, and the TV deals are lucrative, but the real money for the owners is in the franchise. That's an investment that grows faster than almost anything else out there. And when, it, yeah, it's grown uh, so when, when much. The, when they want to sell their franchise, they will be making billions of dollars from where each of the owners bought their franchise. And so, so long Weird. as they still own the franchise, they're making money. Each game that's lost because of that. The players make money off the games. The owners make money off the franchise itself. The owners still have their franchise. The players don't have the games. Because of that, this is hurting the players a lot more than it's hurting the owners. What, a, what are y'all's predictions on what's going to happen next? What's the next step on Oof. both sides? That, I mean, Manfred's got to stop being a bitch and 
agree to the seat. Hey, can I say shit like that on here? No, Ringo, did you realize what you just said? <laughs> God, you know, but, like, um, minimize it, but also you don't have to like not push hey. at all. Anyway, all right, yeah, Manfred's gotta gotta be reasonable here. Is what's gotta happen. Um, Manfred and the owners have like have to be reasonable. Um, and what's gonna end up happening is the players are going to give up some stuff that's lower on their priority list to lock in some stuff that's higher on their priority list, and we'll see what the players' mm-hmm. priorities are through that, and they'll probably reach a deal. Uh, maybe they'll cancel like two more weeks to a month more of baseball, but they'll probably end up reaching a deal pretty soon. What I've heard is that they are a lot closer than where they started, but they still got a little ways to go. Is there an abundance of like players that are MLB level that the uh, owners could bring in if necessary? No. Like, no. Okay. I was no, just no way. Yeah. There are guys oh, I mean, right the now. Players still have leverage here. It's like they so, couldn't just like if yeah. everyone quit. There's n- there's not an there's absence no of leverage from the player side. They definitely do have some bargaining chips, but right now the owners have much more bargaining power. If the uh, players, Chris, have... yes, yeah. So remember the those forty man rosters that that are currently locked out. Um. Those aren't so. Those forty-man rosters don't only encompass the MLB teams, but they also encompass the next guys up and those top guys in AAA that are probably could be MLB level. That owners are waiting to see if like that teams are waiting to see if they're MLB level or not. So yeah. the the guys that are locked out are those next level guys, and other than that, the guy a a guy in AA can't. There's a reason he's in AA. He's not going to go up to the majors and hit anything over the Mendoza line. Yeah. The Mendoza line is a batting average of 200. It's a one hit every five at bats. I understand that. For comparison, I'm guessing there was a player that hit, was in Mendoza. It, yeah. Um, that, that, for comparison, that, that. Um, any. Anywhere between one hit any every four at bats and one hit every like a batting average of two fifty to three thirty three is generally considered good. Now, batting average is actually not a great stat, and we have more advanced stats. And I know you don't want to get into baseball stats because Jonah and I are going to make your head hurt. But <laughs> are you okay? True. Oh yeah, no, I've I've had a little bit of a cough. This was not a good like. Bad timing to get a cough right before you're going on an episode of a podcast, but I'm mm-hmm. fine. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so, um, if yeah, I feel better, Jack. So, if the players, I'll feel better anyway. And a batting <laughs> average and between uh 250 and 333 is or 250 and 300 really is pretty good, pretty standard. Anything below um a batting average of Anything below a batting average of 250 right now isn't really all that great. It's actually m- like below league average. And so there's no way a guy from double A's hitting the ball one every five at bats and below one in every four is le- like below league average. So they're, 
uh, those numbers just don't add up. Like there's those guys can't come in and play right now. They're not yeah. going to give the same level of on-field production. Yeah. So, yeah okay. Basically, if, uh, if you have players, you're losing a ton of like talent. Yes. No, well, the product um, the on the players, field is going to be worse. Yeah. 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 If the players issue an ultimatum that, like, you know, if they don't get their demands met, they're just going to walk out of the league. That would definitely like give them some more leverage here because right now, like the the MLB owners can just like wait. I know it's like not <laughs> likely or like, feasible for those players to like completely walk out of the sport that they kind of that's what they've invested all their time and kind of their life into but like if they did issue an ultimatum like that that could give them some more leverage right yeah, it's certainly a possibility i think their bluff gets called though yeah i was gonna say like yeah. i don't uh, first of all i don't really see um a scenario in which that ultimatum even gets pushed to the table but let's say it does like i, I think the owners uh will mainly just kind of scoff at it and call it as a bluff, um, because um, one reason why I don't see that that would even get pushed to the table is because although the majority of these players that are um, representing the MLB as a whole are some of the top guys, some of the bigger names, they still know who they're fighting for and are including minor league guys or rookie contract, those kind of issues um, in these talks. And so they know that even though they, let's say, theoretically might have somewhere to turn to, um, and they can, they are, or they've already earned a lot of money. They know that there's guys who, um, you know, could face real ramifications career-wise if you know they're bluff. And life-wise, I mean, half out. these guys are like high schoolers from like the Dominican and Cuba, who have like very few, uh, like very little education outside of outside of like a public high school. Um, they. And the way they got into what could potentially be a better life situation is hitting a round ball with a round bat square. Yep. It's hitting the baseball. And and it's the 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 I guess stars of the league, like the league captains, the players association captains and those veterans who are currently leading these negotiations and leading this fight know know what those guys are dealing with and they're not going to push that ultimatum for their sake. Do the players have like lawyers and like a yeah. union set up where okay. So they're not Yeah, the, like the MLB know. Players Association, MLBPA is the players union. And they have okay. lawyers on their side as well. Okay. I see. So when do you see this getting resolved ultimately? Do you think it's getting resolved by the time when, like, tick- Two weeks when to the games would be most valuable to, like, have games held? Like, they can't, the owners would benefit <laughs> most from holding games and not canceling them? Look, I think we're playing baseball in May or June. Yeah, I would agree. And there's really no, um, like, even if the season gets canceled, like, the owner's pocket aren't going to be hurt nearly as much as it would hurt the players. But with that said, they still, of course, would want um, all the revenue that comes from a season being played, um, even if, even though they can, ex- you know, expend, you know, two weeks of games, maybe even three weeks of games. So I would, I would hope and I would assume that a deal would get done um, mid to late March. 
um, and they might have a modified spring training, which is pretty much the the preseason for baseball. Um, that might look a little different, um, but I think regular season action um, can start mid-May, hopefully. All right. So what is – I have a question. Yeah. Go. What is um, – we have to finish up, but what is Houston's general response to this? Like, what are the Houston, like, fans saying? So one very interesting response to this came from former Astro Evan Gaddis, who took to Twitter saying, I blame the fans as a joke. Because players are blaming owners, owners are blaming players. He is a retired player. He comes out. I, I blame the fans as a joke, yeah. but um, overall, I mean, Houston, <laughs> Houston loves the Astros. Yeah, yes, and so they're they're not super thrilled with this. Um, like, look, no city that. No baseball city is going to be super thrilled with this lockout. I mean, everyone, pretty much everyone in baseball agrees that it's Manfred's fault and it's the owner's fault. Uh, Rob Manfred's the commissioner, and he's basically the representative for the owners on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, basically, everyone agrees that it's Manfred's fault. Um, everyone wants baseball to be back. So, and. And Houston closing. misses the Astros. True. Do you have any so, more like, questions for them, Christopher? What do you say? Do you have any more questions for them? Yeah, I've got like one final question. Just like, is it? Are there any people on the owner side? Like, I mean, w- within the, within like the uh, like administration of these teams, are there people that are like, kind of on the player side that are like speaking out against the owners? So, like, are there owners speaking out against other owners, or are there managers speaking out against owners or coaches? Yes, yes, yeah. So there are two sides. There are two sides of a baseball office. (laughs) I'm sorry. I. You're good, bro. (laughs) Give me a sec, boss. All right, all right. Um, there are generally two sides of a baseball office. You have the the financial side and you have the baseball, like the on-field product side. The on-field product side, you have the scouts, you have the, the team manager, you have the players, you have the co- like other coaches, pitching coach, hitting coach. They are all on the side of the players. Then you have the the financial side. So you have the general manager, who's the guy going out and signing and trading players and et cetera. You have the owner. Um, you have the owners. They're the ones collectively responsible for the lockout and uh, other positions like, like team president and other positions like that. And it's yeah, pretty final, much split down. Those are the party lines right now. And it's pretty much split down those lines. Now, now on a more uh, personal, personal side of things, when are we going to see Jack Ringgold and Jonah Goodwine in the MLB? I don't know about on the field. Um, <laughs> for me personally, for me personally, um, but you know, you might might have to get up in the uh, general manager booth or something like that soon. <laughs> right. to buy hey, in. Go go tell Everest. Go tell Everest to put me in. Go tell <laughs> Everest to put me in. Let me show off the cannon and then give me ten years. <laughs> All right. Sounds, well, sounds like a plan. It's been uh, this has been the Midnight Show podcast, Midnight Club. Um, Let's kick that and <laughs> we've been here enjoying our time with Jack Ringgold and Jonah Goodwine. 
Uh, yeah. See you. Bye, boys. Thanks for having us on, boys. Good night. Yes. Yes. Uh, you gonna tell Craig to stop? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I was actually gonna say something. I was thinking about this. Gonna go. Someone mentioned like son playing with dad. And I don't know. Gonna. All right, I'm gonna go through the drive-through and get my shake now. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye, bye. Do I Does this work? No, y'all gonna stay on the phone. Anyone want anything? Stop. You're not. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I'm good. I appreciate that. Uh, no, I think I'm. I think I'm fine. Honestly, I would take a shake, but you're too far for me. <laughs> honestly, me and Joe would be viable, but you know, I'm I think, I think I'm chilling. Okay. Chris, Chris, Chris. So, so, Colin, yes. Think about how much money the NBA team is going to make besides Bronny. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's my prediction. Even if Bronny is not the best player to come, by Bronny I mean LeBron James' son. Yeah. yeah. He's not the best talent to come from that, that year. I think his younger brother is going to be better, but yeah, continue. Sorry. Here's the thing. I think it doesn't matter if you're better. We can get a whole... I'm thinking One second. One second. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I banned him. I just banned him from the server. <laughs> Why? What happened? <laughs> oh, yeah, you could have just disconnected him. You didn't have to ban him. I didn't think I had to disconnect him. How do I, how do I disconnect you him? You just right-click on his name. Sorry. Sorry, John. I just muted you. My bad. <laughs> you, see the, you see the disconnect button? You should see it, because you, you should have, like, admin perms. You created one. Okay. Yeah, Br Bronny, Bronny Jr. About Bronny Jr. You think he's gonna be paid a fuck ton of money? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter if he's a better, if he's the best talent in his year. He's going to be the number one draft because oh yeah, LeBron is too. going to go play for the team for free. I don't he's know if he's gonna be the number one pick. He's gonna be overslotted. He's gonna be drafted higher than he should be. Um, but I don't know if a team's gonna reach out number one for him because you have to think about it at this point, like. LeBron, LeBron will be 30, like, yeah. 9 or something, and he'll still be very good, assuming no injuries or anything Bro's like that. Bro's going to be um, in the still, 80s. He'll still be producing. Um, and, yeah, of course, that's going to be a very enticing package. Um, but I don't know if a, future, if a team's going to reach on a number one overall pick and jeopardize their future um, just for, like, one year with LeBron. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, thinking future-wise. If you're thinking, thinking future-wise... You're gonna have Bronny for a couple of years, and you're gonna have like a couple more years of LeBron James doing good things. And then when he's out of the league, you're stuck with Bronny James. It's gonna be one year with LeBron. I'm telling you, he's yeah. in our he's in our he's class because they haven't changed the one and done high school rule yet, or the one and done college rule yet. So Bronny is Bronny's in our class. So he's gonna have one more senior year, or not one more senior year. He's gonna have to do a senior year, and then a freshman year of college. That's two years. And LeBron right now is. I don't know, like thirty. I think it's thirty. I think he's thirty-seven. So yeah, he's gonna be thirty-nine, and there's no way he's playing two year, two more years, like at forty-one, or yeah. two more, two two more years once his son enters the league. I think he's only gonna play one more year. Yeah, honestly, I don't think it's. I don't think it's likely that that he's going number one. I think he like there's there's gonna be some team that sees the value in it. Like just even on like the money side of things, it's like you've got LeBron James and LeBron James' son. People are gonna show up to see those games. Yeah, People I think it, I think I think it could go top five. Um, yeah, maybe like 
maybe around five. It's it, it it definitely has to shape out because right now I think he's like maybe like seventieth in the class of twenty twenty three, and of course draft classes in the NBA are also not restricted. Usually the best talent um is going to be just that that one and done crowd, but there's also going to be some other classes mixed in. So even if he sticks at 70, is you know, his draft class is going to be more he's going to be lower cuz there's going to be more people. Um but I I think he will um continue to develop and surge up the ranks and so it'll, it'll yeah. still be an interesting situation. Yeah, where do you think uh on the other side of things, where do you think LeBron at that age sits in like in like ranking by value, like if if Bronny's seventy, where's LeBron? Because you like you know, you would think one, but it's like no, he's like thirty thirty nine by that point. He can't be number one. You're saying in the league? Yeah, like in the league. Where do you think? I, I think he could be a top ten, top ten player still. Top top ten, yeah. top fifteen. I mean, this year he's been top two, top three probably. Um, he's yeah. been he's averaged the most points this year than he has, I think, pretty much since like his early prime in like his later years and his first stint in Cleveland. So like since yeah. he was like an, a 22 year old, he's averaged the most points since then. It's, it's been ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and also so, yeah. like, I mean, if you're thinking about it, even if LeBron's 39, and he like, he's not at his, uh, his peak anymore. He's still got like the, the experience and like the leadership ability of like all of that uh, time in the NBA and all of those championships, so I mean, there there is definitely an appeal to picking LeBron and Bronny in the package deal. I'd say they go. Honestly, I think they were going lower than than like top five, probably maybe like top ten. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm gonna put my bet on between top five or. Bronny's gonna be a top five pick. All right, all right, okay. LeBron's only gonna play with his older son. Like, I feel bad for. uh... I mean, what you want this man to do when he (laughs) come back to the league at age fifty-eight? How old is LeBron's younger son? Uh, he's. Let's see. If Bronny's sixteen, I might replace Bryce at like twelve or something. Twelve or thirteen. Yeah, bro's not coming back to leave at like forty-five. Oh, Bronny might be seventeen, probably. What's so Bryce, that? so if Bronny's seventeen, I'll say Bryce is like thirteen, fourteen. Then I think they're so two. Or three. Like I think another, they're two. I think they're two or three years apart. He's got another uh, like five more years before he could potentially go to the NBA. So by that time, LeBron would be like like forty-one, forty-three. Or something. Well, if or, if he's going to be 39 at Bronny, he's going to be 41-42 for Bryce. Yeah. I do actually have a question, basketball question. Yeah. When did the shorts and why did the shorts go from cross-country shorts to skater shorts? Um, uh, I don't... Look, whenever I think of Larry Bird, I think of those cross-country short shorts. I mean... Bro, he's, you know, he rocked that shit. Yeah, but look at look 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 at basketball players now. True. It's just like fashion. It's like in and out. It's it's trend. Like I don't know. Maybe in maybe in um ten or so years they'll be really baggy again, or they'll be really short again. Like I don't know. It's it's kind of like a cycle. Yeah. I wonder who controls that. Like they have like just a guy that I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting how stuff like that evolves, but. 
Yeah. Nike. Nike kills it. Yeah. All right. You we ready to finish this up? Yeah. Call it a night. Well, we should call it a night. Yeah. I will see you guys later. I will Good see night, you boys. tomorrow. Adios.